Koto, welcome to Circuit Cast, and we are here at Murphy's Pub for what has become a time-honoured tradition now, the Circuit Cast end of the year beer, and a bit of a round table looking at some memorable things that we all wanted to pick up from the year, and I've got a rather esteemed panel. We have writer and critic Martin Patrick from Massey College of Creative Arts. Kia ora to you, Martin. Kia We have Nathan Poyor, assistant curator now at the Christchurch Art Gallery, and an artist who featured in this year's Walters Prize. Kia ora and welcome to Wellington, Nathan. Kia ora, Mark. And uh, to Nina Tonga from Te Papa, curator of Pacific Art now. Kia ora, welcome to you. Can you tell us a bit about that title? I'm really fascinated. This is wonderful. This is the first time we've had a curator of Pacific Art, what, in New Zealand? Yes, so I think this is a real um, bold direction for us to actually dedicate a curator to Pacific Art in this expansive sense. So we're really excited. I'm super excited for what this means for New Zealand art and for Pacific Art. Well, you're here and, and Nathan, you've been at City Gallery today, but there's been quite a lot of work around Indigenous curators or the curation of Indigenous work uh, with a wānanga that Pātaka have organised, which is a takakua here, uh, I think on Wednesday in Porirua. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us a little bit about what you've been experiencing the last couple of days here? Well, um, we had a, a really lovely welcome on to Morai from Ngāti and very, very warmly received into their whare and the Kaupapa, I think, put down by Ruben Freen was to look at and generally kind of discuss indigenous curatorial practice, what it means, how it's put into practice, what are the, some of the, the basic guiding principles of that, and how they might fit into a, the institution. One of the things that I sort of came away with, I guess, was I'd, on my way out today I had a quick word to Stephen Cleanan because he was interested in my thoughts and I kind of said that well look there's one thing for Māori curators to be talking about this and thinking about this but I kind of think that also the conversation needs to acknowledge our Pākehā curators who are here who are very mindful of New Zealand history and very mindful of contemporary Māori art practice or it's certainly on their radar as it should be and participate in good practice and want to reaffirm that practice and to be sure that the processes, the kaupapa that they are putting in place are in alignment with everybody else. Yeah. I don't think that got quite touched on. I think that was, to me, something that was kind of missing out of the, the opportunity that I saw the last two days. One of the first shows I saw was at the opening of the Christchurch Art Gallery this year, which you put together which I think maybe was your first show yeah. as a curator, um, Te Rua o Te Moko, yeah. which was a way of uh, representing Naitahu and different runanga and their view on the collection that the art gallery's got. Yes. The opportunity arose to do something in a small space, do an intimate kind of exhibition, but then of course if you throw that at me, I'm going to think about, well, what is my responsibility? terms of Naitahu. So the responsibility first off is to acknowledge uh, everybody in the room or acknowledge everybody of the motu, of the island. Right. And that was the intention, to simply acknowledge our people of the island and Naitahu Fano of Tawaka or Araki, Te Waipaunamu, the South Island, 
and that's what it was intending to achieve. And it did that through loaning historical works from the collection of the uh, Hockham Library, Otago Museum, uh, Settlers Museum collections, National Library, uh, Alexander Turnbull Library, and then put this thing together. So it was a huge task to do a little show with you know, meaningful and, and lasting I had a really wonderful conversation with the artist curator from Canada and she said something that I thought was really important about how we should look at these kinds of events and she said it just set the table and I think that's what it was, it was creating a space where we're starting a conversation and I think we'll get there, I think it's not thinking we can solve all the problems or actually hash out all our issues in an overnight reflection I was sitting there thinking that we've got to this critical moment, you know, this critical mass where we could have this dialogue about indigeneity and that could be global in this way. And I um, want to go back to um, Nathan, your show, I wish that was up yesterday. We were talking about indigenous spaces and how we create them in institutions. It's making that choice to be brave and use indigenous concepts in our purity. Let's get into the, into the meat of the year in review. Most memorable show and why is what I have down here. Who's going to be brave and step into the fray? <laughs> <laughs> Martin, come on. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, step I on have up. a couple. And one is a research show that was here in Wellington by the artist Tim Barlow what? called The Ministry of Vulnerable Suburbs, which was part of his doctoral research. The interesting thing was that Tim showed his work in a very unconventional space, a kind of colonial villa near Parliament. But a lot of the work that he was doing is definitely in the vein that we would call community art or social practice that's influenced by the history of community art. And also as not also coming from a directly an indigenous perspective, but sensitive and completely interested in the problematics of what it is to work in a public sphere with diverse communities. It was a very interesting show because it didn't try to smooth over all the things that were quite difficult about it and it was quite a carnivalesque kind of experience to see it. And quickly I'll just say another show that I saw not very long ago but is sticking in my head a bit is the Bad Visual System show at the Adam Gallery. Oh yes, a favourite of mine. I think the Adam's a pretty uh, remarkable space and the artists really have to work and curators to figure out how to negotiate that space and I think I was talking with Stephen Cleland recently and he was talking about how Ruth Buchanan was offered an opportunity to show in the gallery and then the show turned into a much more interesting dialogue than a characteristic uh, solo show uh, incorporating historical works by the artist Marianne Wex and contemporary works by the German artist Judith Hopp. And I think the the interesting dialogue that was going on in the space mm. and the uh, provocative qualities of a lot of the work just made it a very resonant experience. And then as so often happens, Hina uh, Barton wrote a very eloquent catalog essay to kind of thread some of that together. It was a great year for New Zealand artists, and particularly New Zealand artists of Pacific descent, I think, in Melbourne, and the NGV and so forth. Were you over for those shows, Nina? No, this I actually year? missed the NGV show. I was in Guam for ah. the of Pacific Arts, so opposite direction. But um, that was an amazing, an amazing experience um, to be in Micronesia, to be surrounded by different practitioners. In terms of my most memorable show, in terms of Pacifica, 
in a local context, um, it has to be status update by Jennifer Oh, nice. But what I think I really appreciated about that show is that it really kind of turned this idea of a survey into something that had more potential. So rather than presenting existing work, she took all of the kind of process, all of the key concepts and created new installations. And I thought it just was really liberating for an artist to have a show where you could do that, where you weren't restrained by your own history. So for me that was a really big highlight and I have to say that I wrote in the publication for this show and that was one of the highlights too. It was an all-female affair um, of women writing about this artist who had such big impact and it, I think that was also a strength of the show too, that it kind of brought in her friends, the curators and people that have also kind of gone along with her. Um, Nathan? Down in Christchurch. Yeah. Memorable, memorable work. Well, um, beyond your own. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Please. <laughs> For me, the exhibition that really sticks with me this year would be Annie McKenzie and Dave Marshall, International Food Court Global Classic. It was kind of those things where I kind of sleepily actually wandered through it and I didn't know anything about it and I wandered through and then it was just kind of like not so sure. And then somebody said to me, do you realise these are hand-woven tea towels? And then my whole I had a polarity kind of shift, and I hadn't had that for a while in an exhibition. Mm. And so that experience really was valuable for me as, as an art world person and as an artist, and I just thought it was mind-blowing. It was one of the best things I've seen this year, down in Christchurch, for sure. Something that's close to our hearts here at Circuit, which is moving image work, and of course there is plenty of it around, but I was interested if anyone had any comments on really strong moving image work that they, they've seen this year around the traps. We were talking about some of the artists we may not have been as familiar with that are emerging into working now, and a young artist named Chris Inutupu, who is from a Samoan background, but born in Nelson, and Chris has a background in theater and film, but he's making some very, very interesting videos about the representations of whiteness and the representation of blackness and the representation of a lot of colonial mythic notions and I believe the title of some of his work is called Embracing the Other. He's quite critical of many many things but he's also wanting to be quite generous in the way he's using representation and, and I guess trying not to antagonize but to create a kind of dialogue through using some found text, using some representations that are based on media imagery that are very stylized and quite compelling. Nina, any ideas around moving image or you might conflate like Martin has into the sort of emerging artist kind of area of work that you've enjoyed this year? I went to Influx, which is the annual Tai Tertiary show that was at St. Paul Street Gallery. And there was one work by um, Jasmine Tejeda, and her work is called The Weight of Skin. It was 2015, it's the first time I encountered it. I have to admit that I actually encountered it by accident. Kind of walked backwards and realized that there was a body projected onto the ground. Oh, wow. And it was quite powerful. And um, it was actually the artist that was laying on the ground, and she's actually got her grandmother's hairpin tied into her hair, and dirt has been flung over her. And so it kind of brought up, you know, that kind of unnerving feeling that moves you a little bit. And it made me think about the site, you know, the kind of rituals around death, around dying, around honouring your loved ones, and the importance of history, I think, with moving image. Well, Nathan, as an artist, you're someone who's 
very, very interested in moving in. Is there anything that's really impressed you this year? There's a few, but I really wanted to, before I get into some obvious ones, I, I wanted to get into the inaugural show at Coke Art Gallery, Jana Confra. That was quite spectacular in a lot of ways. First of all, the install itself was pretty remarkable for having just opened up the gallery, opened up the skylights and uh, the spaces, and then for the first exhibition to then seal over the skylights and then build walls and carpet it all out and paint it all out is the first thing to do was massive undertaking. Beautifully done. I kind of thought that was in itself a, a huge feat, and then there was the work split across three floating screens. It was really, really, very beautiful. And the sound was superb. But of course, this all sort of came from the luxury of having the BBC archives to draw material from. So right. I found material along with material that John had um, scripted and shot and edited in himself. So there was, there was really quite a lovely interplay of found material. Or, no, it's just not actually as simple as found, but it's deep research into material that then he can draw into an idea that he mm. had been wanting to get across and, and then shot material to match in with that seamlessly as well. So pretty impressed by it. it was, in terms of finished, polished, if that's where your thing's at, it was, you know, that was it. One of my favourite shows I saw was a show at... Bartley and Company, which was an accompanying show to the emanation show of cameraless photography at the Gavit Brewster. It was sort of like a, another take on the same show, but in a smaller context, and in some ways a lovely boutique kind of context with people like Joyce Campbell, but not, you know, your straight dealer show. I'm just wondering if people have got observations around the dealer situation in New Zealand in terms of exhibitions or memorable mm. shows they've seen. I thought Chambers had some really nice offerings this year. This is in Christchurch. In Christchurch. Yes. Uh, there was a recent exhibition of Tony Delator and his partner, Holly Best. That was a really quite beautiful exhibition. Jason Gregg also had um, a few appearances at Chambers this year. Jason uh, is at the top of his game. Nina, there's not a lot of representation for a lot of these Pacific yeah, artists coming well, that's, through. That's probably why. Like I think as a curator of Pacific Art by World is Pacific Art and the yeah. reality is a lot of them are operating without dealers. That's and right. I think maybe that's how we can see why there's this kind of really great rise of Pacific curators. You know, and yeah. they're curating everywhere and that's awesome. You know, they're curating down in Dunedin, they're curating here in Wellington and these like really um, alternative spaces. I think that's how they've got around it. But are these artists actually in a living? I mean, that's what the market is about, right? It's about actually looking after artists, representing them, selling their work so that artists can be professionals. I know you're probably not going there, but it would be a kind of misreading of a generalization that wouldn't encompass a lot of artists' practice to say that artists are necessarily uh, seeking dealer representation mm in particular kinds of dealer contacts. That, I mean, because in a sense, it's kind of like any kind of very intimate kind of relation that involves yes. you know, your work, your finances, whatever. Yes. It, it, it's not always going to be the best fit for every no, artist to no, be able to, point. or to have the timely opportunity for that to even present itself. And I think one of the, the things that I'm finding that feel very 
interesting in New Zealand for its scale is how there seem to be so many different art worlds are circling around with heaps of activity going on, mm. and there's dialogue between them. There's, uh, but at this, and, and, but at the same time, there's also a kind of notion that there isn't one size fits all in any way, and that's an interesting thing for such a, a, a fairly small country, but with a lot of international connections and so forth. I would say in Wellington, one of the interesting things is the the recent opening of more uh, uh, galleries by non-profit spaces, yes. uh, by emerging artists, because that's been perceived as quite a gap here in Wellington. But uh, but also, the gap is, is simply, and also more studios, because essentially, if you don't have enough infrastructure to support emerging and mid-career artists, you kind of are shortchanging your art community. And I think one of the things that where that gets taken up a little bit is in the specialization of folks in, in their different fields, whether it's academia, uh, institutions, curating, um, nonprofits. But I think it would be really interesting if there were, were a little bit more uh, cognizant sometimes that all of this is kind of this fairly dispersed economy and there's no one answer for it. I mean, I think it's pretty anachronistic to say that many artists are going to have a, like, uh, a shot at just selling lots of work also, even if they're in a gallery. That's not necessarily going to happen, you know? It's, it's the 21st century and things are quite a lot more fluid and precarious. I have to agree, and it came up in the Wananga yesterday. They were talking about um, artist-run spaces. I don't know if you guys picked that up. And um, there's this talk about do we need for, I suppose they were talking about indigenous and Pacific artist-run spaces. Another comment was that it's okay if they don't want that. You know, it's okay if they find, you know, validity in their own space. Like, you know, and, they, and, and whatever they said is their measures of success is how they're finding that measure. Anything else from our panel before we finish? No? Thanks, Mark. Time for Christmas. Well, thank you. You've been in, on Circuit Cast here with music from Talautalon and uh, circuit.org.nz with support from Creative New Zealand. Thanks for joining us on Circuit Cast. We'll see you back next year. Kia ora.